0: host of the Feminist Book Chat Paris, a podcast that explores the many faces of an intersectional feminism through literature. So today Camille and I are going to be talking about um, what we've been reading recently this month which could um, inspire your TBR pile. (laughs) So, Camille, do you want to start us off today? Yes, of course. What are you going to...
1: So, I selected two French books. Great. Um, So, first one is um, probably familiar with a lot of French people, but who knows. It's written by Anaïs Nin, which is a massive French figure into literature. Yeah, she's been
0: translated into English as well. Exactly.
1: So, basically, uh, she's been writing diaries her entire life. Uh, They've been published in um, six different books uh, called Journal, Journal d'Anaissnine, mm-hmm. um, between the 30s and the end of the 60s. Um, and this one is called Venus Erotica. So it's quite different, but I think the one who have been reading uh, her journals know that in the 50s, um, a mysterious collector asked um, Anaissnine's boyfriend, Called Henri Miller, and her to wrote uh, to write erotic uh, essays. Yeah. So for a long time, um, these books didn't really work and were put to sleep. But since the pu- since the publication, it has continued really to like be added to the pile of the bestsellers uh, from this author. So in this book, uh, it's a collection of fifteen um, amazing short stories on erotic writings where she kind of questions how difficult it is to explore a new genre of literature, Mm -hmm. uh, even if you're like a super good writer, because it really tackles um, the way you write. It gives like new constraints. For example, as she started writing erotic writings, uh, she had to put aside feelings and emotion and deep dive into rawness of uh, sexual intentions Mm -hmm. to question also like how do you, Transcribe um, and describe Sexual fantasies, sexual desires mm. and, and this guy Was like asking her to write that He would always say, just drop the poetry Be like, go straight to the point
0: Right, I suppose quite um, For the time that she was writing Maybe, maybe not Quite, uh, not shocking But pioneering in the sense of writing About her sexual exploits exactly. you know, For women to have exactly. this kind of sexual libera- Liberation
1: Exactly. So it's it's quite interesting, and it's it's super beautiful. And mm-hmm. even if the guy to asks to drop the poetry, it's it's so pretty. It's so uh, it really help you like travel into a new dimension of writing
0: having read uh, I mean I'm ashamed to say that I haven't read any Anaïs Nim yet but you've have you read a couple of her yes so even though this editor publisher told her to remove the poetry would you say it's still quite recognizable
1: oh it's quite recognizable but I think it's kind of biased because I know it's uh, her writing it sure. and like all throughout the book, she explains how she went on writing that, how she felt oh. about it, what she had to give up, mm. uh, all the angriness she expresses at first when right. she's like, why do I, do I have to keep off the, the poetry from yeah. this? And um, it's of cutting quite, off emotions. Exactly. From, yeah. Uh, so very interesting, very interesting. Um. So that's for my first book. Do you want to go for your first well, one? Yeah,
0: I mean, from one journal to another, Um, I'm going to talk briefly about A Woman in Berlin,
1: cool. Eight Weeks in
0: the Conquered City, A Diary. So I'd just like to give a content warning. Um, the book deals with rape a lot. So, you know, if that's a subject that you find a little triggering, then feel free to... To press stop. Um, A Woman in Berlin was our November book club at uh, Shakespeare and Company. Just what is it? It's, It's a record of the last two months of the Second World War, so 1945, in Berlin as the Russian army enters the city. So it's a journal written by a young woman who is basically recording The ins and outs of her daily life, um, the people who live in her apartment building, and all the kind of Berlin locals that she comes into contact with. I think it's a very human account, and by that I mean um, it shows that no one is good, purely good, purely bad. We are very um, rounded and and three dimensional. Um, And, you know, I was quite surprised, but. I I enjoyed the fact that a lot of the writers' uh, humour comes through. Um, So in amongst all the corruption and deprivation of life in Berlin at the time, it's not a a purely depressing Mm -hmm. read. Um it was published anonymously in 1954, and it was actually published first in the States and in the UK. Um, it wasn't published in German until five years later. Yeah. Um, so almost 15 years after the events had actually happened. And um, you know, this is this is something that we spoke about in the book club session. Um, there was some speculation as to the authenticity of the diary, partly because it was so well written. Um but she a, was a journalist. So but it makes she sense. was a journalist, right. So but that wasn't known at first because mm-hmm. it was anonymous, and it later transpired that, as you said, Camille, it was a German journalist um, called Martha Hillers who wrote the diary. Um, so as previously mentioned, one of the central themes of the book is rape. Um, At this point in the war, much of uh, Joseph Goebbels' horror propaganda had turned out to be false. But unfortunately, this time, he was uh, very right about how the Russian soldiers would come in and treat the women of Berlin. Um, So to go back to when it was published, um, in Germany, when it was published, it hit the nation's nerve, really. Critics either ignored the book or they kind of were very dismissive of it in their reviews. And again, this this was something else that we got to talk um, in more detail during the book club session about. Um, For us, it kind of, you know, raised that whole issue of putting shame on the individual who is raped, you know. In this particular case, uh, Germany as a nation seemed to be, um, you know, worried about the honour of these berlin women and having their reputations tarnished um you know this idea of sleeping with the enemy um and and that's kind of evidenced in the book when you know you have these german men coming back from the the war and that no one really talks about. The women are talking about the rapes together. It's something that unifies them. Um, it's a shared experience. But the German men would rather not know mm-hmm, about mm. it. And so that was a very interesting discussion. Um, I think, what else would I like to say about this? I mean, she's also very honest. You know, I think. Um, the writer comes across as very self-aware. Yeah, she was que- clearly queerly. She was clearly uh, very liberal and open-minded. <laughs> queerly, that's a good <laughs> word mean, to keep. I mean, you know, maybe she was as well. We would hope so. Um, so we know there's there's evidence she did not buy into the xenophobic uh, rhetoric that the Nazi regime spewed out. Um, she travelled throughout Europe prior to the war. She could even speak a bit of Russian. So she had actually been to what was. Known then as the Soviet Union, um so yeah she was she was open minded and well traveled um, and you know the way that she describes Berlin at the time when you know she does rarely venture out, um there were just a couple there was one quote in particular that I wanted to share um about this idea of history and being so up close in front of history. so the writer says, these are strange times." History experienced firsthand, the stuff for tales, yet untold and songs unsung. But seen up close, history is vexing, nothing but burdens and fears. And that was something that really resonated um, with a lot of us this idea of being so up close and personal to it. And also the fact that before many of us had read this book for Book Club, this was not something we'd come across in history lessons at school or any other kind of, you know, literature that we'd read before. So we were a little bit like, oh, my goodness. Like, why are we only reading about this now?
1: I think also the conclusion of this fantastic book is, uh, so first you need to read it because it's really good and also it's just very important in order to get the real story of uh, our history. Yeah, And also it just, like, illustrates perfectly the fact that History with the big H is mostly uh, a man's, man's history, yeah. um, and so many things that haven't been told. And this is such a luck that this writer just survived first, yeah. kept track, and also was a journalist, so was able to express her feelings, what, she, okay. uh, what she's what she been through, the strategy she had to like. Um, yeah, deploy. I mean, there was a
0: strategic. Protection element as well, yeah. like choosing one person to sleep exactly. with who could protect you from other, yeah. the you know um perpetrators of the rape exactly yeah,
1: so I think it's definitely your personal story, but it illustrates uh women's history and at the time it, absolutely. Uh, in some ways uh, yeah good to know really and i thought yeah. at first i remember when uh we decided we would read this book i was kind of afraid it would be like kind of like a second aunt frank story or whatever and i was like we've we've heard so much about second world war mm. yes that's so true it's an oversaturated was, market exactly so i was really really happy that mm. we we get this like totally different story, um, different yeah. angle, different life. Yeah, um, it was
0: fantastic. This one was picked by uh, f- well, we have two Floras, French Flora and English Flora. This book was picked by French Flora, yeah. so thank you French Flora. And I, I mean, I remember Kemi as well being sat in the room. We had a German member there who had read yes. it in German. We had people who had read this book in French, in English. You know, it was very um, it was interesting to make comparisons about the language used. Definitely. Um, I think the over, the kind of the the main conclusion was that the German language stuck much more to the, well, to the original text. Mm -mm. So it was perhaps a little bit more antiquated and more expressions that, you know, the the German member who was with us had not necessarily heard of. So that also, you know, this has been translated into several languages. Yeah, we would highly recommend um, you, you go and read it because as Camille has said, a very important part of history. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, so back over to you. Uh, Back over to me. So my
1: second book is also a French author. Um, So this next book choice is something I talked about on our IG account, The FBC Paris, uh, and that I just finished. It's called Fille à Pédé, or in English, The Gay's Girl. Um, So it's a deep dive into... um, the life of a fantastic woman called Lola Miserov. So basically, uh, this woman was born and raised in a very different type of family. We could expect. Mm-hmm. So it was. Uh, they were very um, marginalised because they were libertarian. So uh, out of the capitalist system, yeah. uh, in the values, the way they uh, raised uh, their child, uh, lived um went on through work and relationships so because of this amazing education uh, she received she really escaped from um all the mindsets uh and attitudes and thinkings that our society um um Put us on like in all Paris the yeah condition. all the shackles, uh, all the norms, the environment, the education, yeah. the political uh, statements. So basically, she encounters uh, so many people, so many different like sexual sexual uh, type of relationships. She works in so many different things, and she she parties and she discusses with uh, what the mainstream would call underground kids, underground Mm. culture, but she doesn't see it as underground at all for her. It's like totally natural. So she grew up as an adult, uh, inevitably super involved into activism. She goes through, uh, she's about 18 or 20 when um, 1968 happened in Paris, Uh, all the protests. So it's a big, big uh, changing for her. Uh, and that's where she decides, okay, this is going to be my life for at least the next decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in this book, it retraces everything about um, her education, how she met with the people, how she discovered who she was, how she constructed herself. And I really love this book and would recommend It's not translated yet, but the good thing is that it's been edited by an um, independent bookshop libertalia excuse me and so this bookshop is also a publishing house and it's
0: Are they in Montreuil? Yeah, yeah, they are. And I I'm, pass by them every day. Oh, well, it's super cool. They have
1: amazing events. They're really nice. And they also, like, they did a pop-up at the next, uh, at the last uh, manifestation in Paris. So basically they are, like, really li- li- libert- libertarians. Yeah. Um, it's in the name. <laughs> so they only publish amazing people. Yeah. Discussing about so many dif- different things. It's, yeah. Uh, but it's very engaged. And second plus... <laughs> Uh, so basically if you go to this bookshop or the online website, you will want to buy everything. And the, yep. the, description, the, the, the description on the book has been written by Helene Azera, which is someone I really love. Uh she's a journalist, she's a trans activist. Uh, she's amazing. I think she's a bit sick right now. Yeah. Um
0: we'll link to her like her social media channels. Exactly. Her interviews, we'll link go on support the show
1: notes. Her. Yeah. And uh so we just It's just completely amazing. Yeah, it sounds great.
0: And it looks quite slim as well.
1: Super slim, super easy to read, basically. It will take you a few hours on a Sunday. And it's just amazing to see how our education changes everything, our perceptions, how everything is so
0: biased. Um, So, yeah, take a look at it. It sounds great, friend. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. (laughs) So the last one I'm going to talk about... um, before we sign off is Sabrina and Karina stories by Kali Fajardo and Steen. Um, so we, I, I posted about this on our Instagram account as well, kind of just giving some top level, top line info. Um, this is a debut story collection. Um, it covers several topics such as friendship between women, relationships between mothers and daughters, as well as deep-rooted truths of our homelands, where we come from, um, it centres Latina women, uh, specifically of Indigenous ancestry, and all the stories are based against uh, against the backdrop of Denver, Colorado, in the states. Um, so this actually popped on my radio. Uh, on my radio, this popped on my radar um, through uh, the Mistress of Books accounts. So this is two. Uh, members of the FBC Paris, uh, Molly, who's still based in Paris and comes to our monthly sessions. Hi, Molly. And Yasmin, who has sadly moved back to Seattle, but is doing amazing things and has started a book club there. Hi, Yasmin. You're doing wonderful things. Um, so that was, it, it popped up first there, and then I saw that it had a uh, made the shortlist of the, this year's National Book Awards. So it's, uh, yeah, it made it to the shortlist and it just lost out to Trust Exercise by Susan Choi, which is on our TBR pile. Um, so what I loved about it is that the author, Callie, writes in such a way that all of her characters seem so, so real um which is no easy feat when you think of the subject matters. You know, these are Latina women who are having to navigate both a changing hometown that is becoming more and more gentrified, as well as all of the turmoil that is going on in their lives. So it's a very beautiful read. But it's a tough read as well, you know. People are shitty to each other, in particular, men are not nice to women, parents abandon their children, um, or they drag them directly into their messy lives. So I'd highly recommend, I think my two personal stories, I won't give too much away, but it would be interesting if you do go and read it to maybe let us know uh, which of the stories that resonated with you the most. Um, I think my two were Sisters, which is um, a very sad story about Dolores, who um, is constantly being forced to have, you know, have boyfriends. Her sister is constantly setting her up on double dates with um, Dolores' sister and her boyfriend. And it ends, and, you know, actually Dolores prefers women. Um, So that's a really, really sad story, which for me really highlighted, Um, yeah... Like, just terrible timing and shitty men yeah. and lack of responsibility. And then the other one that I really, really loved, even though I loved all of the stories, um, was Tomi. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's about a young woman who goes to prison for car jacking and um, she steals a car and gets into a terrible accident with it and um, she so we start you know she comes out of prison and she moves back in with her brother who has a young son the mother is not around anymore and this gorgeous relationship um, springs up between Tommy and her nephew, who's kind of been raised on video games. He's addicted to screen time. And Tommy actually, like, starts reading to him because he's having trouble at school. And they go to, like, bookst- like independent bookstores and li- the library. Um, so I, I found wow. that kind of really, really beautiful. Yeah, so, that yeah. sounds that sounds powerful yeah it it is a really powerful read and uh, the author has a book coming out in 2020 so you should go and follow her um, because she's got a great Instagram account and we'll pop it in the show notes of course I will (laughs) (laughs) thank you so yeah that's it for today Yay! thank you so much for listening
1: Yeah, and obviously uh, follow us on Instagram at the FBC Paris we also have, so on our Instagram account you'll find all the links to our podcast, to our website, thefbcparis.com As well as
0: info on how to join our book club sessions in Paris or just see what we're reading and read along with us.
1: Yay! So thanks again and have a good day! Bye. Bye!